I feel like we haven't been here in forever. It's been a minute, you know? Like For real. New Year 2022, kicking off vocation chats real strong with a really special guest today, yes. Bishop Cunningham. <gasps> what? Wait, how does it go? Is it Bishop Emeritus Robert J. Cunningham? Is that the order? No, I wouldn't think so. Okay. <laughs> so, Bishop Cunningham, welcome to Vocation Chats. It's a joy to have you join us. Again, we did an entire uh, year of podcast last year, especially for the year of vocations. We're coming out of the year of vocations now, and we have uh, so many people in our diocese. Uh, you know, all, all of our parishes have vocation ministry teams uh, in place as we speak, and it was all about building up this culture of vocations. And I think on today's show, I just want to focus on the art of the ask. I just made that up, actually. That the art of the ask? The art of the ask. Oh, yeah, I think, I think I that's think a good description. We could, we could hashtag that, you know. We, we should we we'll hashtag it with the show. Uh, so before we get to that, um, Bishop Cunningham, you know, it's uh, you're amazing. Like, how, how many years were you uh, active as the Bishop of Syracuse? Uh, ten years. Ten years. Right. And then of the of the Diocese of Ogdensburg before that. Five years before. Five years. So 15 years a bishop. And then a bishop, and I don't think many people, many of our listeners would know out there, like, when a bishop retires, like, what happens? Like, where does he go? What what, what does he do? Uh, you know, we use this this title emeritus. I'm not even sure what where that comes from. I like the question. It's like, where does he go? Where does he go? Like, does he just... just is it like, I don't know, like, what's it like Rides to be... Rides off into the sunset? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like what's it like to be uh, a retired bishop? Like, what, what, what does that look like? Well, I think uh, a retired bishop, like anyone who retires, uh, develops a new rhythm of living. Mm -hmm. And uh, it takes a while to get into that. Uh, you know, you're usually so busy, you don't think a lot about it. Uh, and then retirement is there. And... Uh, it's uh, yeah. In some respects, Bishop, it's like you you were driving sixty miles an hour on the highway, and then you're slowing down. Like you have yeah. to right. tell us a little bit about the transition. Like yeah, especially like you know, as a bishop, you know, and I see Bishop Lucia today. I mean, you guys are literally going like from sun to sundown. You know, if 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 people are just ending their days with a work day at four or five o'clock, you know, you're just getting revved up again around dinner time to get to a confirmation. Uh, and so, like, just going full bore, uh, moving from that in, in, into uh, retirement, what does that look like? Well, it, as I said, it takes a while to get used to it. I think the thing I enjoy most is uh, I still get up early, but I just move into the day slowly. I have another cup of coffee in the morning, spend some more time with uh, my tablet reading the newspaper, um, just knowing that uh, you can work at your own pace. Um, I think it's uh, it's interesting. It's uh, so in some ways it's a hard transition mm -hmm. because of the fact that you've been so busy, and then all of a sudden you say, uh, "Well, what do I do today?" But uh, one of my nieces, who's a lot younger than I am and is already retired, said, "Well, you gotta you gotta think of three things you want to do the next day before you go to bed." And then if, it can be small stuff, like go to the post office or something. But 
You just have to have something to do. And then at the end of that day, you say, okay, well, I did the three things I wanted to do today. Now, what am I going to do tomorrow? And it does give you a, a purpose. Otherwise, you can just spend an awful lot of time uh, just wasting time. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, that's easy to do today with the computer and social media and checking up on things. So you want to make sure that you have purpose in your day. And uh, uh, so Yeah, I think that's a beautiful idea, like purpose. And I think, you know, especially as you lived out uh, your priesthood as a bishop, right, like was so active, has, has your understanding and appreciation of your priesthood changed since your retirement? Is, are there things you're doing differently in your prayer life or how you approach the Mass or the breviary that, that has c- kind of become different since uh, your active days? Well, I think, you know, there's always the eternal newness of learning how to pray. Mm. And you never have it down. I don't think it's... Uh, a bishop prays like everybody prays. And, you know, after 50 years of priesthood, you pretty much know what you're going to do, but you know from time to time that you need uh, an impetus. You need to draw closer to the Lord. You need to uh, take stock of your life. That's why you have, you know, time for prayer, reflection. Um, and I think there's a purpose in having a structure to your day because otherwise... You, um, well, I'll say Mass now because I have time, or Mm. I'll say this part of my office because I can get this in in the next four minutes, you know, kind of type deal. And I think that's a mistake to live like that. I think you have to say, okay, at 5 o'clock I'm going to say Vespers. Mm. And uh, stick to some sort of a schedule I think helps. Yeah, and I think as, as, uh, you know, I've seen you moving into retirement, that's one of the things you've mentioned the most to me just in personal conversation is how you've really set up your day like an orarium, like, you know, like that you have different set times during the day where you plug in to the Lord uh, and and you are able to keep that that dialogue ongoing throughout your day. And I think that's so beautiful for our listeners today that you can never uh, approach prayer with this idea that, oh, when I have time, I will pray. Right. Uh, It's something we have to fight for. It's something we have to schedule. I know Father Celentano being such an active pastor is it true, uh, Father Sal, that uh, you have to fight for your prayer time? Oh, absolutely. And I and I struggled for a long time. Bishop, you said you still like to wake up early in the morning. I don't. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it was a grace of a retreat, one of the, the retreats we did um, years ago, maybe my second or third year of priesthood, where I really learned that I had to devote specific time in the morning in order to, to have that. Otherwise, I would have been chasing you know, different hours here and there, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there. And uh, it's amazing when you do that, like the, just, just the, the calm and peace you receive, you know, from being with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important too for our discerners out there that, you know, maybe you're college age or out of, out of college working. Uh, you know, if you're trying to figure out like, how do I do prayer? Uh, just make time for it. And that'll, that'll, that'll take care of itself, you know? And, you know, there's always, like, when you say the office every day, and I've been doing it now for 54 years, but there's always a new line that somehow I didn't see that before. Mm. And you never know what's going to hit you on a given day. Uh, Some thought that comes through the Psalms or through the readings, and you you spend some time with that. And uh, 
So I don't think it can ever, people say, oh, it's, maybe some people think the office is, gets boring. And I suppose in one way it does, but it also always gives us something new if we pray it with attention and devotion. Yeah, it's amazing you say I just recently read uh, a little article about Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. And in one of his uh, interviews, he said that one of the be most beautiful blessings about uh, retirement, you know, when he, he stepped back as, as our Holy Father uh, moved into retirement, that he was able to connect with the office in a much deeper way than he ever has. Wow. And he says it's such a beautiful gift, and he's saying this in the interview, uh, almost similar to what you're saying, that he's like, I can actually sit with the Psalms and take them in and let them impact me and penetrate my heart in a way that I never could as an active priest or bishop or pope, uh, and how much he cherishes that time with the Lord. Uh, it's just so neat that you spoke to that, and our, yeah. our retired pope is also <laughs> seeing the same I'm glad thing. he agrees with me. Yeah, that's, that's pretty darn good, absolutely. <laughs> so let's uh, start to transition into our topic for today. Um, bishop, you know, Father Celentano and I have been uh, your MC on different occasions for confirmations in our parishes throughout the diocese, and one thing that all of us priests who serve as your MCs have noticed is that the time when the two altar servers come over after the confirmation's completed, you got oil all over your fingers, you know, sometimes the altar servers don't know why they're bringing lemons and bread over uh, to help, uh, you know, cleanse the, the hands, and they soon find out that the lemon's there to help get the oil out and uh, off, uh, out from underneath the fingertips and everything. Um, but as they're doing all that, because it's, it's a little bit of a moment, right? It takes some time. Uh, as they're washing your hands, and, and you seem to always say the same thing every time. And I think it's something like, have you ever thought about becoming a priest? Is that essentially the way you put it to these, these servers? I think so. Yeah, and I, I think I've always, and all the priests have served, we're always amazed by your perseverance in the ask. You know, in, you know, you probably never met these altar boys before, you never met these altar servers, but yeah, like you look them directly in the eye, with a very sincere and genuine ask, and just say, have you ever considered the priesthood? No matter what age they are. They could be middle school, they could be high school. And I guess I'm just so impressed by that uh, because you do it in such a persevering and persistent way with just such gentleness. Uh, it's very invitational. You know, it's not like you're saying you should become a priest or you have to become a priest. Uh, you just say, hey, would you ever consider it? Would you ever consider this for your life? Where does that come from, Bishop? Where'd you get that from? Well, it really goes back a very long time in my own life and in watching people. First of all, I, I always think that young people, even if a guy, a guy isn't really thinking about the priesthood, I think he's in his own way flattered to think that somebody thinks that perhaps I could be a priest. And there's nothing wrong with building up that esteem. When I was a seventh grader, uh, the parish priest young assistant pastor, 38 years old, died. And all the kids loved Father Collins. And uh, another seventh grader and I, uh, who's still a friend of mine to this day, uh, were asked to serve the bishop's funeral mass, or the funeral mass of the priest that the bishop was coming for. And uh, in those days, in the sacristy, when the bishop came in, even before he vested, the two altar servers knelt down and washed his hands with the pitcher and basin. And uh, 
he looked at us and said, now, Father Collins has died, and it's time for one of you to think about taking his place. I want you to do that. Very direct, very simple. It's stuck with me now, 70 years. Wow. Um, and uh, I remember it, and then when I... I, too, did what you did at one time, go out with the bishop for confirmation. And uh, Bishop Head used to ask uh, young people to think about their vocation in life. And I think that's really very important. Whatever the vocation is, they need to be thinking about it and praying about it. And I would never tire of asking somebody to think about priesthood. Mm. Um, it's important that they think about what their vocation in life is going to be and how they're going to stay close to the Lord. And I don't know, I hope, I hope it's stuck with some of them. And I hope that uh, some of them, whatever age, you know, become priests. 50 years ago, 60 years ago, people made vocational decisions much earlier in life than they do today whether it would be, you know, people got married at an earlier age, uh, people decided what they wanted to do. And I've never hesitated. I mean, if you think a guy should be a doctor, doesn't the, doesn't the parent say, maybe you'll be a doctor someday? It's okay to say maybe you could be a priest someday and to let them think about it. And I think, I think that any opportunity we have to make a suggestion like that is good, and it sticks with the kid, even if he has no intention of becoming a priest. Who knows what is going to strike him on a given day? And uh, You know, one of the things, Bishop, what I've noticed when I've been there, as well as Father Hage said when you've asked that, is it's genuine, and you have a smile on your face when you ask. Yeah. Like, there's, it's as if this, this life has been good Right. And and you're asking them to consider, you know, whether the Lord is, is or not. What would you say um, kind of led to that that joy that you have? Like when you talk about the priest or you ask about the uh, they're considering the priesthood. Yeah. Well, I've. Uh, I've since grammar school, I've always thought about being a priest. I'm not saying that there weren't times when you questioned it in the seminary process. But I had it in the back of my mind, and uh, I wasn't. I lived in a parish where, at any given time, there was a minor seminary, and there were six or seven young men from the parish there at that school. Mm-hmm. It was a day school; you went home every night. It was just like a regular high school, but the people who went there were thinking about the priesthood. At least we hope they were. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, I think. You know, I think the the joy of the priesthood is real. And uh, I hope it lives within me and resonates from me. Uh, It doesn't mean that you don't have some days when you question things or question in the seminary, should I really be a priest? Is this really what God wants me to do? As a priesthood, you think about, well, if I had taken another route, maybe. But deep down, there's the desire to be a priest and to be with people at the teachable moments of their lives, at the sanctifying moments of their lives. Mm. And that's never left me. Mm. 
I mean, Father Solentano, do you remember who first asked you to consider priesthood? Actually, it was Father Cliff Off is the first person that wow. asked me to consider priesthood. See, people would suspect like Monsignor Yannick. Right, yeah. But Monsignor Yannick never, he never um, was vocal, at least with me. And I was around the church all the time. So when I was younger, I was a little bit, you know, almost like sick of people looking at me as if just because I was around the church, I was going to be a priest, which is kind of funny. There's a whole story <laughs> along with that. But it wasn't until I, I literally had come home from working for um, this baseball team. I was in Georgia and I come home and, and Father Cliff had asked me uh, to give a talk in Johnson City to this confirmation class about what's it like to, you know, now be 22 and, and living the faith. And on the way to the car, and the funny thing is, Father Cliff doesn't even remember this. Wow. He just said, Chris, did you ever think about being a priest? And I, I, I lied. I said no. But <laughs> I literally, I was struggling with it in my heart. I couldn't mm. articulate it to anybody. And it was just that comment. And it shows me that, that, you know, just how the Lord uses us, right? Like, Father doesn't, Cliff doesn't even remember that. And here I was, you know, praying about it, kind of wrestling with the Lord about it. And um, I, I remember. And it was, that was literally the first time that somebody, and the only time that somebody had said, had you ever thought about being a priest? Yeah, it's amazing. And, and even for me, uh, I had been thinking about the priesthood in high school very privately, like never said a word about it, never told anybody, never shared it. And then my pastor out of the blue goes, hey, uh, diocese is doing a day of discernment for high schoolers. You should go. And I'm like, what? And, like, I, again, I kept it to myself. I didn't tell him. I've been thinking about it for some time. I feel attracted to it. I'm drawn to it. Um, but because of his ask, it got me there. And that's what started the whole thing for, like, my openness to this vocation. And I think it just gets to that point of as we, you know, come out of this year of vocations and we continue to build this culture of vocations in our diocese, the power of the ask, which is very evident in our lives, uh, especially in bishops, you know, goes all the way back to seventh grade. Um, but for our lady who are listening out there, who are our vocation supporters, um, you know, I think, Bishop, you've shown us kind of how to make the ask. You know, when you identify a young person, you encourage them to do it with a smile on your face, with a sense of joy, like, hey, I just open invitation. If you'd ever consider this, I think you'd, you'd be really great. Um, so what would you say to our, our people out there listening today? Well, you know, there was another incident in my life when I was in eighth grade. Mm. And uh, the pastor, pastor of my home parish, was pastor there for 45 years. And so he knew us, and he knew us well. And he handed out report cards and all of that stuff. So he said to me one day, where are you going to high school? And I told him where I thought I was going to high school, which was a Christian brother school in Buffalo. And it was within the territory of the parish, and my brother had been there, so it was kind of where a lot of people went. He said, well, I think you ought to go to the prep seminary. So I said, okay. So I go home at dinner that night and announce, my senior says I should go to the prep seminary, you know. Now, I didn't even know what the prep seminary was, basically. I mean, <laughs> but in uh, the long process of discernment, before you had to even know the word, you kind of said, okay. And I went and gave it a try, and there were like 80 other people in the freshman class, nine of whom were ordained priests in the end. Wow. But, um, you know, it was just there. So I think the ask is very important. And the ask, 
means or tells the person that you're asking that uh, you think I could do this. You think I might have the possibility. You respect me. Mm. And uh, gives that encouragement that, you know, and I think for, you know, all three of our stories here today, we would never think of taking the honor upon ourselves, right? We would never say, I choose the priesthood, you know, myself or, you know, because this is what I want. Uh, because it's a calling from God, it has to come from someone else, from some other member of the body of Christ. Right. I think it's so powerful when you talk about the involvement of your bishop and your pastor, uh, Father Salantano, the involvement of Father Auth, in my own life, the involvement of my pastor, how it was only those direct asks that gave us the strength and the courage to say, maybe I should take the next step right. you know, in considering this. And for someone out there that's like, well, I'm afraid to make the ask, you know, yeah. why, why do they not need to be afraid? You know, though, it's interesting because I don't know of any priest who can say he just thought this up <laughs> on his own. Somebody asked everybody. <laughs> that the truth? Nobody takes, takes it totally on their own. So maybe, maybe some people are waiting to be asked. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I think you have to do it. And then I think as a priest, you remember that... Uh, you know, none of us takes an assignment on ourselves. We're all sent yeah. wherever we go. We didn't just decide that I'm going to do this as a priest. That isn't the way it is. Yeah. Right, kind of like bishops sent us to our assignments. Yes, Bishop that's Cunningham. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, like Father Salantano and I didn't, like, open up the directory of parishes after we were ordained and, you know, parochial vicars for a bit and then informed Bishop Cunningham where we'd like to go. You know, like Bishop Cunningham called us and said, would you consider this assignment? Yeah. And we said, yes, is our response. It's not something that we chose for ourselves, but it ends up being God's will for our lives because we recognize that God works through others, you know, in our lives. So I think that's so beautiful. And just reminded me of a story too, Bishop, when you mentioned, you know, you don't know any priest out there who's ever just said, I'm going to take this up for myself. Uh, one of my good friends from seminary, uh, who's now a very successful pastor in the Diocese of Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, has three parishes, you know, beloved, all these things. He he was a Catholic school teacher in his diocese, I think, for eight or ten years. So he's a late vocation. And I asked him once, I said, Andrew, why? You know, he's like, oh, I felt called, you know, since the time I was early on in college. I go, well, why did it take you? What, what do you think it explains your late vocation? Why did it take all this time? And he goes, because no one ever asked me to consider it. Wow. And he goes, and I wouldn't take it on for myself. And he goes, it wasn't until I was eight or ten years into a Catholic school teaching, you know, teaching as a Catholic school teacher, that one of the priest chaplains on campus came up to me and said, you really need to think about this. You make a great priest. And he said that was just the breakthrough moment because he was released from this idea that, well, I'm not going to take this up myself. I need someone else to identify it for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that's so beautiful for our listeners here today to say, like, hey, don't be afraid to make the ask. And if it's done with this gentle, loving invitation with a smile on your face, like, hey, just consider it. You never know if that kid is actually discerning. That might be their one moment where you give them the strength and the courage to say, I'm willing to take the next step and be open to this. So um, Bishop Cunningham, as we come to a close with this show today, uh, any message to our discerners out there? Because we have around 100 discerners that listen to this call. Um, and uh, just a, a word of encouragement to them. Right. You know, if they're considering it, maybe a guy out there is really wrestling with the vocation. Maybe he's been praying about it for some time. Uh, what would be like a, a couple words of encouragement to, to someone like that out there today? Well, keep thinking about it. Keep discerning. And, uh, you know, eventually through prayer and through an understanding, 
God speaks to us in the quiet of our own thoughts, in the quiet of our own hearts. And if you truly have a vocation, God will let you know, and you will know that it's of God. Some of you will find out that God is saying to you, no, I don't think I have a vocation, or you have a vocation. That's okay too, but you've tried it, and uh, that's good. <laughs> You're getting some pictures in of Bishop Cunningham before he leaves today. Thank you. And uh, just a, a deep word of gratitude to uh, uh, Bishop Cunningham. Again, Bishop Cunningham uh, ordained me a priest of this diocese, and so I always feel a very special bond. Father Santana, who ordained you? Um, actually, we just remembered Bishop Costello's passing. Yes, that's right. That was this week, his anniversary. Yes, uh, it was. God bless him. May he rest in peace. Yeah. But yeah, I think for any priest, there's always a special bond with the bishop who ordained him, who I made him so. a priest. And <laughs> <that's> <laughs> amen to that. That's right. But Bishop Cunningham, just deep Thank gratitude you. for, for you. your time today. And to all of our discerners listening out there, uh, check us out on vocationsyracuse.org. We have so many great opportunities coming up uh, this spring uh, through the Office of Vocation Promotion, uh, inclusive of our Fisherman's Club Ministry, which is our outreach to college-age men. Uh, who are discerning the call. We also have an online women's discernment group for those considering the call to consecrated life. Uh, so please uh, contact our office if you're interested. And then Father Solentano will actually be hosting the Men in Black softball game. You want to say a word about that? Oh, the Men in Black softball game. Love it. Um, in fact, <laughs> it, it is a great opportunity. I mean, we, we try to, to um, you could say, support uh, the discernment and support vocations in the church in many different ways. And one way that we do that is by getting priests and seminarians, even some deacons who are able-bodied to come out and play a parish uh, in a softball game. And we create an environment that just allows us uh, to have a good time, to enjoy the fact that we're all uh, members of the body of Christ. Some have uh, athletic skills, some don't, uh, and some that don't put their cleats on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and some that do, they do. But uh, the beautiful thing is, like, it's a nice family atmosphere. And I mean multi-generational. It's fun. Uh, the parish uh, loves to kind of take ownership of it and put up a team of uh, usually a diverse um, members of the parish. And it's just an opportunity for us to welcome our bishops and uh, our priests, seminarians, and, and deacons uh, and cheer them on in a, a good old game of softball. And is it true, Father Salatano, that you have hit a couple of home runs in that game, right? There's a there's through a, a, a windshield. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I did go through a car windshield once. That was pretty interesting. Yes, I wasn't the only one to do that, but yes, yes I was. Uh, it, it's fun. People think we're going to take it easy on them. And, oh, no, uh, we go hard. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, yeah. man. I don't and care so that'll it's like 10-year-olds on the other side. Like, we are <laughs> wow. crushing the ball, and we are scoring. Like, that's yeah, what we Great do. opportunity to come and just enjoy, rejoice in the priest and the humanity of the priest and how that's what God uses to, to bring others to Christ. And that'll be done at St. Rose of Lima Church in North Syracuse. So look forward to that this summer. It's going to be a big, big event. So, again, to our listeners today, thank you for, for your faithfully uh, following our, our Vocation Chats podcast. Season 2. Season 2. That's right. We can finally call it Season 2. We don't have to. We're, this is Season 2, Episode 1. That's wild. All right, until next time, God bless and uh, happy discerning. I've been down the same road, stumbling on, rode the same ride.